Welcome to the Music of America podcast, where every week we'll talk to a different guest every day from a different state every week. I'm your host, Tom Pollard, and this week we're in the state of Louisiana. Our guest today is singer, songwriter, producer, and overall entertainer, Jim Lockwood, and we'll be with Jim in just a minute. I was talking to a friend of mine about my brother's couple's workshop book called Two Years After Forever. Sort of a a how-to guide to improve your communication skills, which as everyone knows, it's never been in a relationship, knows how crucial that is. So while we were speaking later in the conversation, I mentioned the book again. I said, Two Years After Forever. That's the name of the book I told you my brother wrote. And she goes, oh, oh, your brother's book. I thought you meant a book you borrowed from your brother. Three little words, my brother's book, two interpretations. She thought it meant a book that my brother, I borrowed from my brother, went to the book my brother actually wrote. So in the book, Two Years After Forever, there are exercises that will help you form better communicative skills to avoid the pratfalls like the one we had. Along with your partner, you'll learn and apply these exercises, and it helps you get back on track to why Two years ago, you pledged your life together forever. Two years after forever.com. Two years after forever available at Amazon today. And so, thank you, uh, Jim Lockwood. Jim Lockwood is our guest today, and you're going to have to help me again. Where are you from in Louisiana? Restrahan? <laughs> nice try, Tom. Uh, <laughs> Destrahan with a, with a D. With a D. I'm sorry. Yeah, you got to see my handwriting. My handwriting without my glasses on, it's pretty funny. So uh, you were telling me earlier that you grew up there or went to high school there? Yeah, well, I was born in New Orleans. Uh, My family moved around when I was a baby. I lived in Knoxville, Tennessee. So even though I'm technically from New Orleans, I sure don't sound like it. Uh, But uh, I spent my early years in, in Knoxville, Tennessee, about a year and a half, two years in Pennsylvania, and then moved back to Louisiana where my mother was from. Um, and I went to Destrehan High School and then moved around and finally, all these years later, came back and just moved here this past fall. Uh, my wife. Where, where was your last where was your last stop before you came back? Was it Pennsylvania? I was in a, a town called Covington, Louisiana, which is north of Lake Pontchartrain. Oh. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I've been living in and around Louisiana uh, most of my life, uh, other than Katrina when I was forced to leave. You know, uh, <laughs> but um, uh, now that it's, you know, when they say you can't go home again, well, we, we kind of are. My wife and I both, because she raised her girls out here, uh-huh. and uh, so you know, it feels like home. It's a real quiet, sleepy town, but I've got an interstate two miles from my home, I jump on it, and I'm in New Orleans in 20 minutes. Is there a Dollar General? We have a Dollar General. We even have a Windex. Oh, my goodness. No How Walmart. big is this town? And yeah. a Walmart. Boy, that's town. You must be over 30 No, no, no. No, we, we don't have a Walmart. Oh, we're we're not big enough for a Walmart. <laughs> that's funny. But, yeah. I, you know, I don't know the population. I'd have to look that up. So when did you start playing music? Your keyboard, or primarily you play piano, right? Yeah, I'm a piano player. Um, I'm a one of the piano entertainers uh, at Pat O'Brien's in New Orleans in the French oh, Quarter, Bourbon Street. Right. Um, place. I mean, that's that's like worldwide notoriety, isn't it? 
Yes, no yes, it is, and, and, and I'm I'm honored to be uh, employed there. <laughs> that is really cool. How did you get that gig? Uh, well, I, I've been playing, doing dueling pianos, uh, you know, in and around uh, New Orleans and Louisiana for a number of years, and um, I knew one of the one of the primary players there, and um, she let it be known that there was an opening, and I went auditioned, and they hired me. So it was, it was really like, that. That is, that is just yeah. so cool. Yeah, you, know, you, yeah. hear, you hear these stories about, well, I've been trying so hard. And, and here's an audition. You went and you did it. Bam. Knocked it out of the park. I had, I had put the feelers out. I wanted to play there years ago. Uh, yeah. But it was difficult to get into. They, they had a roster. And they primarily liked to hire women. So there were very, very few men. Uh, and even now, I'm the only male player. No, all kidding. the other players are women. Yeah. Mm -hmm. now, yeah. Now, you and I, let's talk on that, because you and I talked about this a while ago, about the, the whole uh, lounge act kind of thing that was destroyed for people like you to, uh, it was destroyed by Bill Murray and how he parodied <laughs> lounge singers, right? Remember we talked about that? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So has that uh, has that gone by the wayside now? Now it's okay to be a lounge singer again? Not that that's, you know, not diminishing what you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no uh, uh, believe me, we're not lounge singers. We are, uh, we're jukeboxes behind the piano is what we are. It's an all request show. No kidding. Yeah. How so, do do, How do you do that? How does somebody, somebody comes up and says, play Hanalucci Boogie by Martha Hoople. What do you do? Uh, well, if, if the other player is doing a song, I will uh, I will stick earbuds in my ears. I'll pull the song up, uh, whether it's on YouTube or or you know a, a streaming site, mm -hmm. uh, and then I'll get out my ultimate guitar app on my iPad uh -huh. and I'll pull up the song and it's got the chords and the lyrics. And as long as you do a version of the song that is relative to the song that the, that the listener can understand and recognize, mm -hmm. then you, you want them over. It, it, the, the one thing about uh, dueling piano bars, especially Pat O'Brien's, it's such an easy audience because mm -hmm. they, they're already there to have a good time. It's mainly tourists. And uh, they're, they're in a great mood. Pat O'Brien's uh, reputation precedes us. So they know what they're in for. They sing along all after, you know, I mean, we go, so we, on the weekends, we'll go from three to three to one in the morning. Oh my and, gosh, I love that. And, and that, you know, and they, they are so happy to be there and they're so appreciative and generous. And, and it's, it's one of the best vibes I've ever experienced. And, and I've mainly played in bands and I've done dueling pianos and things like that. And, uh, that it's it's just it's such a happy vibe and yeah. it's it's really an easy audience to win over as long as we you know do our jobs relatively well yeah. and most of us know thousands of songs because we've been doing this for a while so i knew a, a similar act that was like that but they wouldn't use uh would you say ultimate guitar or whatever yeah yeah you mean like an ipad yeah, yeah, but somebody would come up and re request an obscure, say, Elton John song or an obscure Foreigner song or something like that, yeah. and they'd say, "Well, no, but I know this." Well, and we do that occasionally. I mean, we, we still get stumped, but uh, we do our very best 
to try to play the songs that are requested. And that also unfortunately means playing Sweet Caroline probably a half a dozen times. Oh, no. <laughs> that's just the way it is, you know? It's, and, and that's the other thing is that people are coming and going all the time too. So you've got a, you may have a, a certain audience that you hold for an hour and a half, two hours. Yep. And then within that span, you've got a whole new audience uh, that have come in. Right. As it turns over every hour and That's hour right. and a half. Yeah. yeah so it's not unusual for, for that kind of thing to happen. There's, there's a handful of songs that are requested on a daily basis. And we know before we even start that we're going to get them. Piano Man, Sweet Caroline, right. uh, uh, Brown Eyed Girl, um, you know, a lot of Taylor Swift now, you know, for oh, the no younger kidding. Oh yeah, yeah. Younger people want to hear Taylor Swift. She's she's the biggest name in music. I was out with a, an old fraternity brother of mine last Wednesday, and he brought his brother, who used to play in a cover band here in the St. Louis area. And the band that was playing music that night, he said, "Boy, I swore I'd never play that again. I swore I'd never play that again. I swore I'd never play <laughs> that again. I swore I'd never play that again." And it reminded me of uh, uh, oh, who's got did boom boom? Uh, Johnny Lee Hooker. Johnny Lee Hooker. The rumor is that when he used to play. And he would, when he would perform, he'd have a banner above him that said, no Mustang Sally. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I I tell you, my attitude about that changed years ago when I had a conversation with a musician. I was at his gig and I walked up to him after the gig, you know, and and, and I talked about a particular song title. I don't remember what it was, but I I said, well, but, uh, you know, I, I bet you're pretty burnt out on playing that one. And the guy said, you know, it's three minutes out of my life. If it makes somebody happy, what do I care? Well, that's such a great attitude. It it really is. It really is. And I I look at like like Paul McCartney, Elton John, Rolling Stones, people. I I was in a cover band for a short while. And people Mm -hmm. say, don't you get tired of playing that same stuff every night? night?" (laughs) How do you think Jagger feels? You know, he's been playing the same stuff since. Satisfaction. Yeah. 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 Well, He's, uh, I guess he's crying all the way to the bank. <laughs> no kidding. No kidding. But they, they see these guys are in the same boat that I'm in, except that they, they're playing their hits. You know, I'm playing, I'm playing other people's hits. But, right. the, but the, the, uh, the goal is the same. And that's just to please your audience, to satisfy your audience. Yeah. So, you know, listen, you know, the Stones will never get away from playing satisfaction, you know, cause it's right. probably their biggest hit. So it, those are the things that, that the real pros recognize. Now, then you got oddballs in the music business like Dylan who will change his songs, you know, and play, play, play the, the, the song that he had a hit with in a totally different way where it, some of his audience doesn't even recognize it. But I guess that's what he has to do to, to keep himself interested. I thought that might be it. I have a, a dual residency with Missouri and Vermont, and uh, <laughs> friends of mine are in radio station up there. And uh, Dylan played at the at the fair, the you know the county fair years ago. It was a big thing because you know Vermont's a bunch of old hippies my age, you know, a bunch of people like me that grew up in the '60s and '70s. I think I'd love it there. <laughs> and you, you really would, dude. The music up there is phenomenal. But anyway, he got out. He played uh, like a Rolling Stone. Nobody knew what the heck he was playing. Yeah, right. And that was how he started the night, and that's how he ended the night. You didn't know what he was doing. You couldn't understand him. And not that you could ever understand Dylan, anyway. But yeah. I think I think you hit the nail right on the head. I think after 
playing these songs for 50, 60 years, they do something to make it fun for them because they're going to play the songs anyway. They have to, you know. Well, they, and, and listen, every artist has the right to do that, but they do yeah. run the risk of alienating their fans or, or upsetting their fans at a concert. And yeah, have you bought a concert ticket lately? <laughs> no, I, mean, my, my, <laughs> I have. I well, have not gone to concerts lately because of the steep prices of tickets. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's it's so outrageous. So if you, let's say you pay, you know, two hundred dollars to go see Dylan, and and you can't recognize any of the stuff he's right. playing, <laughs> now, I, I wouldn't be too happy about that. You know. No, no. I heard the Eagles are still the Eagles, which is I mean, even though you know uh, they're not really. But when you go hear an Eagles concert, they don't embellish their songs not in the least no no they they are tried and true to their their music and they will have as many musicians on stage to replicate their records as necessary and i really respect that and they don't have musicians behind the curtain right they put everybody on the stage you know it's a performance of musicians and uh but the core group you know i mean it's don henley's band now right but but they are very loyal to the music and i i think I, i'm a huge eagles fan you know this is so funny because when i do this when i talk you know i'm talking like this with musicians it's so easy for us to get off you and this is your show so let's get oh. back to jim lockwood <laughs> okay, thank you thank you i'm so, enjoying the conversation yeah, me too i mean i get i could talk about this stuff for hours and that's what i do that's yeah <laughs> right right so uh so who else plays with you because we talked about your guitar player that you can't get out of retirement yeah yeah uh roy davis well when when i'm in the studio uh i i work with any number of musicians depending mm-hmm. upon the song depending upon what instruments uh, i want to work with and depending upon their style of play so okay. uh, I, I'm, I've got a Christmas record coming out and there's a song, my wife is a singer and there's a song that I'm working on called Lakin and Me, which is our granddaughter's name. And it's, it's sort of country pop and it's, it's got the, um, the circular finger picking guitar uh, mm-hmm. rhythm pattern. And mm-hmm. so I need a, a, a specific uh, guitar player that plays in that style. And uh, so I'm I'm working with a, a friend named Justin Molison, and he's also a singer songwriter, tremendous talent. And uh, uh, so we'll, we'll we'll knock off the song. I've got about three quarters finished, and I'm hoping he can give me a bridge. And um, so it, it it really depends. But I have, you know, for live performance, I have a band called the Maniacs, and it's the same five people. Uh-huh. And, uh, and you know, and we get out and play once in a while, and. Uh, and and you do play. I mean, you do your piano thing, the dual piano thing, and you also yeah. play with like five other, five or six other artists. Don't you play with two or three other bands? Uh, yeah, um, I wouldn't say on a on a regular weekly basis, but yeah, yeah. There's, uh, <clears throat> in fact, um, a dear friend of mine is um, struggling with uh, with lung cancer, and he's a tremendous singer, and. Um, he had a band for many years called Lost in the Sixties, which is all sixties music. Oh, how fun! How fun! Oh, you are, the music is so much fun that, that, that it's incredible, and the, the guys are good musicians, and nice people, tons of harmonies. Um, and so I'm I'm sort of filling his void, you know, while he's battling his illness, and uh, you know, look, it makes life more interesting, doesn't it? You know, it when, when you, you can, 
uh, on one hand, I do all request shows. On the other, I do my own music in the studios, and then when, when you do when you do your own show, just your own music stuff. How long is your set usually? Do you do forty five minutes? Do you do an hour? I'm, like I'm sorry. You, I, well, I'm sorry. When you do a Jim Lockwood show, you're not yes. doing covers. You're just doing your own stuff. What's uh, what's the longest Jim Lockwood only music show you done? Well, uh, or almost. For years, I mean, for years, I, I you know I had a band where we that's all we did, and oh, um, okay. it it could be it could be two to three hours. Wow. Occasionally, we would mix in a cover, but we we make our own arrangement of it. And, mm -hmm. You know. Uh, but um, but no, it, it, it generally it's two and a half, three hours. So, and I ask this a lot of singer songwriters: what comes first? Is it the lyric? Is it the idea? Is it a riff? Is it a note? Is it a melody that you wake up with at three o'clock in the morning when you go you had one too many brandies or what? <laughs> My answer to that question, to everything that you ask, is yes. I'm looking. So it's all of those. That, that's correct. It it it. it well, and again, this applies to me. I, I can't speak for other songwriters, but I uh, sometimes I'll hear a groove and I'll need to get to the piano and find the key that works best for me and, and work through the groove. Other times I'll have to grab, uh, you know, my phone with my notes to start putting down lyrics that are flowing through me that I have no melody for. But but it's a it's a storyline idea that's flowing and and so I, I'll do that and then later have to go to the piano and and match. So you know for me it, it's wherever the um, uh, the spark or the germ originates from uh -huh. I follow that and and um, they all seem to work. You know but but the the, the hardest part about it is catching it when it happens. Because no sometimes, yeah, sometimes it's not convenient. You're, you, you know, I could be out with with my wife driving somewhere, and something like that happens. So, uh, in this day and age, the, the you know the, the cell phones are beautiful because you've got audio. You you know, I can put down lyrics. There's so many different things that you can do, and you can also just speak into a microphone and it'll type it out for you. So, yeah. um, that kind of tool is so valuable in capturing those moments when you're having that 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 you know that, that type of germ of an idea flowing through you and it's it's a beautiful thing when it happens so see i'm, I'm doing this for a reason i'm segueing into this who's diane diane was a dear friend of mine from high school uh, -huh. uh we um she she asked me uh to take her to our junior prom and I agreed to. And then a few days after she asked me, I got an offer to perform at a future Teachers of America conference. No kidding. That's pretty Baton good. Rouge, which, yeah. All girls. Are you kidding me? Uh -huh. you know, I'm 16, 17 years old. And so I broke my date with Diane. Diane was a sensitive girl. Very, very sweet. And I was, was really surprised at her reaction. She got very upset. And she, uh, you know, all of a sudden I, I wasn't such a big deal in her eyes anymore, you know, yeah. <laughs> and uh, which which I did often as a teenager. But but years later, after we graduated high school and she'd had a couple of young boys, uh, 
we ran into each other again uh, through business and got to be friends again. So not only would I see her in business, but her her dad owned a nightclub where bands would play on the weekends. Oh, no kidding. So oh, I, cool. Yeah, so I'd go see my friends play and, and Diane would be there quite often. So we became friends, nothing romantic, but, but you know, very good friends. And um, one night I went to a dance nightclub and saw a friend of mine, everybody knew Diane. So I said, have you seen Diane? And he had this look on his face and he said, you didn't hear she was murdered. Her boyfriend murdered her. Oh my God. And uh, I was such a state of shock. And I was much younger then. I was probably 30 something years old. And uh, I'd never experienced anything like that. You know, it, it was it was a, a major shock. I didn't stay at the nightclub when I heard the news. I, the night was over wow. for me. And I, I went home. And, and, and all I could think about was, you know, was my friend. And uh, I got home and I immediately went to my music room and I sat at my piano and Diane. You wrote that, that, that night. That night. Yeah. You wrote that wow. Yes. It was done in 30 minutes. Oh my goodness. That's yeah. incredible. That yeah. just blows me away. How? Yeah. It was, it was, it was a gift. Works. It, yeah. it was a gift. It was a it, truly, truly a gift. And, um, it's, because it's a it was, really, it's a really good song. Thank you. Thank and, you. uh, and I mean, I, 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 I I don't have any Dianes in my life, except I have a lot of Dianes in my life. You know what I mean? I don't have any sisters, cousins, nieces, I mean, but some really important people in my my life are all named Diana. But oh, this one by here, oh, this applies to her. This applies to her. And now oh. your story. Oh my God, I, I almost teared up a little bit. That oh, it, it's it's very emotional for me too. Um, I mean, I think of her every time I perform the song or or hear it. Um, but. Uh, I'm proud of it, but I, I can't say that I can really take full credit for it because it, it just it just flowed through me. Um, and and so her brother Kenny was a friend of mine. And I got in touch with Kenny and he uh, was kind enough to loan me uh, family home videos and photographs. And we mm -hmm. used that in our in our video for Diane, which is on YouTube. She did a whole video. Okay. Yeah, and Diane uh, Diane is actually she is in the. If, if you see the promotional photo for Diane, it's it is now, Diane. Now I gotta Diane. I gotta get done with this interview so I can watch the video. I listened yeah. to the song. And it was like, yeah, I, I do a walk every day, and I was listening to that song. And I'm like, this is such a cool song. And then what I want to do because we can do this forever, and I want to talk about a couple other songs. Mm -hmm. So let's let's stop here and let's leave the audience wondering about who Diane is. And yes. let's give it a listen here, because this is one of the three songs that we wanted to talk about. We wanted to yes. play. So yes, thank you. Without without further ado, this is Jim Lockwood and Diane. Well, I can see a candle burning in the window. Gives the sign you stayed up waiting. And nobody else is home Through the years of broken promises And forgotten one-night stands It's so good to know You'll still take me
Lockwood and Diane. Jim, I, we got to talk a little bit more about that in a minute, but first I got to say something here. I don't like cats. I had cats. I don't like cats. Now, though, maybe I would be able to like them again. Kitty's Litter Box, a new innovation to the litter box, takes away a lot of that which I dislike about cats mainly. Ta-da. The litter box. Kitty's litter box is a completely biodegradable litter system that eliminates the hassle of cleaning out the litter box, changing the litter, you know, yeah, that litter box. But all you have to do is open it up. Then after Kitty has done her business or his business or whatever, you simply close the box. And after about 30 days, after they've you know done their business, you just throw it away. That's it. Done. None of that extra cleaning of the litter box, none of the nastiness that I had to deal with, you know, washing it down, spraying it down, this, you know, sanitizing and so on and so forth. Kitty's litter box. It makes ease of cleaning the litter box by eliminating the need to clean it. You just throw it away. So if you love cats and 
people do, you're going to love your cat even more with Kitty's Litter Box, available at kittieslitterbox.com, all lowercase, no hyphens, no commas, nothing, kittieslitterbox.com. It's perfect. So, Jim, let's close out and talk a little bit more about, you. there was something else you wanted to say about the song, Diane. Well, the the story of, of Diane, it, 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 as it pertains to the song, is fictional. Uh, it's it's the sentiment is, is there, um, you know. But but we we never had as deep of a relationship uh, as as the lyrics in the song indicate. It, it, it I, I guess it's a story about what maybe could have been but never was. Is, is I, got. I got that from the beginning. I thought this was like uh, like one of these relationships where I'm going left and she's going right. Or I, that's correct. Could have like almost so many times. Yes. You know, it never happened. Yeah. Yes. But um, um, it was a tragic event that inspired it. And it's, a, it's, a, it's a, definitely a tribute to her. She was a beautiful, sweet, kind person taken too soon. And um, I, I'm I'm very proud of the song, not only because uh, I, I I think it's a pretty doggone good song. Um, I've heard from her children since, and and the, or at least one of her children, one of her sons, who's grown now, and thanked me for writing the song. And he said, "Any memory of her is precious to him," and it's something like that. That's deep, you know. I mean, that's that's uh, that means a lot to. Me. You hear people, you hear artists talk about touching people's lives. It's kind of like keeping the fans happy. And but when you can really do that, you yeah. can really, really do that. Yeah, it's profound. Oh, man, that's powerful. Yeah, profound. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, it, it really is. And I'm, I'm so pleased that that Diane is doing well right now on streaming sites. It's every, we're getting more and more streams every every week. That, uh, not to commercialize this, but that's one way we gauge how people receive it. Is it commercially successful for you? Well, uh, it's it's still fairly new, but oh. it's, it's playing it's playing all over the world. Um, it's not getting so much radio airplay as streams. Streams make up about forty percent of of what listeners listen to now. Radio still dominates, but. Um, but there's so many independent artists that just aren't going to get on radio. Radio is a very narrow format. And uh, well, if only there was a, a medium that allowed people to come on and talk about their songs and would play three of their songs, like, oh, I don't know, the Music of America podcast. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, you know any? <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's great. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be here with you, Tom. I, I'm uh, flattered that you invited me on your show, and, and I thank you. This is my retirement gig. This is what I'm doing. I, you know, I, I, I grew up in music. I've been singing since I was in grade school. My grandfather, uh, if you look on the website, that that uh, sepia picture of the big band or whatever, the ragtime band, the Alabama Serenaders, that's my uh, grandfather on the clarinet. So music's been in my family, been in our blood like forever. Yeah, so see, yeah. like take this and take like there's just 250 songs. Wait, no, 750 songs, roughly, that I'll be presenting to people through this medium. You know, 
Yes. And some of it is just like out of out of this world great, you know, and because it doesn't fit into the 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 confines of you know, commercial radio. radio. Yeah, 24th, 21st century commercial radio. It gets a, a song like Diana Chance, a platform. I got a buddy of mine up in, he's in a, a north, a upstate New York. And he was telling me, he's like, it's so cool to know people listening to my music and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that I, bizarre? I'm, I'm experiencing the same thing. I mean, my my biggest audience is in Brazil. Really? Imagine that. Sao Paulo, Brazil is oh, is yeah. is that is a city that is giving me the most amount of streams on a daily basis. Oh, never been to Brazil, I I don't know, but but I it's you know music is a universal language, and and you find that out when we're so lucky now in this day and age. Now, you know, major artists ever everyone's taken a bit of a hit as far as being able to. Uh, make royalties off of records because nobody buys records anymore. Instead, the streaming has has taken over as the primary format. And in the music business, uh, technology is always ahead of the legal aspects of the business. It's just, it's never changed. It's been that way. So the royalty rates for streaming is very, very low. What streaming allows you to do is build an audience and perform and sell merchandise and sell concert tickets and and things like that. That's the beauty of it. But to me, the most beautiful thing about streaming my music and and, and having a worldwide audience is people are hearing it. Yeah. I don't. Have to, I'm not on a major record label. I, you know, and in this day and age, I probably wouldn't want to be. So you know, a lot of independent artists uh, that. Uh, you know, aren't on major labels that are having great success. But the revenue doesn't really come from streaming. The revenue comes from building your audience through that format. Mm -hmm. And and I and I'm I, I'm so happy that I have that outlet. You know, um I'll be releasing a new single every every couple of months. You know, I have a new single coming out. It's called hundred words or less. It'll be out on May 26th, yep. which is my my mother's birthday. And uh uh i'm very excited about it and uh, i look forward to you know you hearing it and, and playing let it on me, your show let, let, let me point out just because we get wrapped up in our conversations and we all kind of lose track of this these shows are pre-recorded like my interviews with you are pre-recorded and broadcast at a later time so actually by the time your interview is out on the air your song is already out dude right. that's <laughs> even better and I, and I and i love it i just love it it's so good yeah, I just got a plug-in. There you go, man. Thank you. Glad you liked it. So the next song we're, that we're going to play, All the Time. Yes. Let's let's talk about that. Was Wait, before we do, one more thing about Diane. I got to say this because the, 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 what really got me, actually what got me a lot of it, and we talked we touched on this briefly, the guitar player is just phenomenal. Yes. Yes, he is, or I should say was, because he doesn't play anymore. Right. Uh, his name is Roy Davis. How did you meet uh, Roy, and how long have you been playing with him? Well, I knew Roy in the 80s, and we were, you know, both playing in different bands. Uh -huh. And um, uh, I, I own my own recording studio for about 15 years, 20 years. 
And so I was fortunate enough to be able to work with a lot of different musicians. Um, but I knew that when I when I was going to make the Atmosphere record, I, I wanted it to be a cohesive nucleus of musicians where it's not too far fetched, you know, and, and we can we can kind of get a band sound, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and Roy came in, and the the, the first song he played on was Diane. So well, yeah, that was the first thing he did, and we knew right then there's no this is the guy and he's, he's they, all over atmosphere he plays on almost every track that's so cool how that it just it, it just happened yeah and it happens yeah and and you know that that's the beauty of, of of great musicianship you know you catch lightning in a bottle and you get somebody's interpretation of what you're trying to convey yeah. you know in a musical setting and and it and it's it's tremendous it's it's so inspiring. And Roy inspired me on a daily basis while we were making this record. He, like I said, he played on almost every track. And uh, Jim, you, Jim, you've heard these before where you like you, you you build this song and then the guitar player or the whomever, the drummer, whomever comes in and does his thing. And it's just incongruent, you know? It doesn't work. One overshadows the other, or it goes in a different direction than the feeling of what you, the songwriter, want to convey. Yeah. I don't get that with him. I get that. You, that's why I thought you guys must have known each other forever, because you have that, you know, that, that rhythm that the bass player and the drummer get together. I got that with your music, that, that he knew exactly what you wanted to say. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. He, he, um, he took his own ideas and put his signature on my songs and and made them his own so to speak you know i mean you know when you hear him playing on this record you, you know this is a guy that could he could have his own band you know a van halen type of band or something you know with his name montrose or something with, where it's his name because he's that fluent and he's that creative um uh but roy is good at a lot of different things and he's diverse as a human being and um and he's just uh, forging a different path nowadays, and and he's very happy in the in in that life, and I respect that, and I'm just eternally grateful for all the work that he did for this record, you know. That's so cool. But you know, it's funny you mentioned that uh, we're talking about all the time, which is the next song we're gonna we're gonna talk about. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Uh, you saved me a segue. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I originally brought in a violinist. Uh, it was a, a, a young man that that played around town was was referred to me, and uh, for for this particular song, I didn't want synth violins; I wanted real violins. Mm -hmm. And um, he came in, and he he just didn't get what I was looking for. He 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 played the violin more like a fiddle than like a violin. Does that make you, you know? It's the same yeah. instrument, right? 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 Right. Um, and and I had to I had to shut down the session, and he actually was kind of upset with me, which was very uncomfortable because then I had to give him a ride home. Oh no! Oh no! Oh my god! <laughs> I paid him. I, I paid him for this thing. <laughs> yeah, I paid him for the session, and 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 I gave him a ride home, and it was mostly quiet most of the drive. You know. Yeah. Um. So then. Uh, I, I brought in a, a young lady named Nancy Buchan, and 
she was playing with a band called Evangeline, uh, which was a, an all girl country Cajun type band. Yeah. Kind of pop country Cajun. Did, they, they, have some, did they have some national prominence? Yeah, well, they 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 had some albums out and they, yeah. they uh, toured and things like that. Yeah, but it might have been out when I was in radio. Maybe was that in the eighties, nineties, early eighties? Uh, yeah, I think it was the late eighties through the mid nineties. Okay, like that and they were they were fantastic. And and I met Nancy, and um, uh, she came in and she did did all the tracks. So it almost sounds like a string quartet, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, did all the tracks and understood uh, almost right away what I wanted for this record. And the the violins on on the song are uplifting and they're moving. And uh, it's I you know I didn't score her her tracks. She these were things that she came up with. It was her creativity that enhanced the song. Love when that happens. It's just beautiful. You know, yeah, the story yeah. behind the story, you know, it's... yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, all the time is the story of another what could have been but never was. It'll <laughs> 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 be a pattern here for me. <laughs> so, so, tell me about all the time. What where'd that come from? Um, I was, I was married at the time, uh, to my first wife, and it wasn't, uh, terribly fulfilling relationship. I don't think for either of us, you know, we were very young when we uh, met and, and got married and, um, and the, the subject matter and all the time was someone who was a friend of mine, uh, actually an ex-girlfriend of one of my closest friends. And, um, and she um, uh, developed some feelings that, uh, that I had always, you know, withheld because of, you know, obviously circumstances. Yeah. And and so so we, but you know, I was married and and I I wasn't like most musicians in the in the day, you know. I <laughs> you're actually faithful. I, I, I kept it at home. I kept it at yeah. home. And so that's what that song is about. It's like, no, we're not gonna go there, but sure would be nice. You know, it's that's I mean, basically what it is. So when I was listening to it, first time I listened to it, you know what I thought of? I thought of Air Supply. Well, I'll take that as a compliment. I mean, it uh, not not the Jim Steinman Air Supply, you know, not with the yeah. you know, forty-five mile long lyrics, but the the more simplistic Air Supply, heartfelt, yeah, and, all out of and love, that's all out of love, that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. and I yeah. thought, oh my, you're like right in that wheelhouse. Was that written at that era, or was this afterwards? Was this before? Was it during? Um, inspired by that? I think it was around that era. Yeah, yeah, it was around that era. Um, but um, the, the the funny thing about it is, all the time um, is the most mellow song on the on, on on the entire album, and it's it's a real departure from most of the rest of the record. Okay. And, uh, and 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 I, as much as I. I, I do love the song. Um, I didn't consider it to be um, necessarily uh, uh, in, in indicative of, of, of what I was writing at the time. I felt like it was a departure and uh, I never anticipated becoming my largest streaming song. 
and, you know, and Diane may overtake that, but right now, yeah. uh, all the time is streaming, uh, you know, more so than, you know, than Diane. And so it was, it, the, the way that, that, that these streaming sites work is, is playlisters pick up these songs and they'll add them to their playlists. Uh-huh. And the more playlists or, or I should, or, or possibly even the more popular that particular playlist is, the more streams you're going to get. And all the time got picked up, you know, by, by a few playlisters and it just took off. It took on a life of its own. I was promoting Diane. I was, you know, and all the time was sort of a sideline thing that, 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 that took off on its own. And that's the, I guess that's the beauty of people's tastes, you know? Right. Uh, I, I, I mean, like I said, air supply, but I pictured Manilow doing that. I pictured yeah, it's, it's a real nice ballad. It's just a really great song, and it's an it's it's. I don't listen to contemporary music that much anymore. I listen mm. to podcasts. I listen for people like you. I listen for that again, shameless self plug. I listen to the music of America. I listen to what's being put out there that's not out there on yeah the airwaves. Sure. It's just uh, uh, and it's some art that just how on earth does this go unnoticed? And this is one of those songs, man. This is one of those. Those ballads that you hear it and you're like, didn't yeah. cry, didn't cry. <laughs> <laughs> you know, in the right but, setting, you can see how that's going to tug on people's heartstrings. Yeah, I, I thank you for that, Tom. And and I and I share your um your your direction as to what you want to listen to these days. Um, that's one of the things about again, the music industry is so completely different from what it used to be mm-hmm. back in the day. The rec- when the big thing was to get a record deal, you know, and yeah. uh, so uh, independents have more opportunity now than ever before. And so, do, do you with, think do you think the word homogenized is used wrong in that case? Like when you talk about music that's out today, do you think? Yeah, that- to, to, to a degree, um, you know, every now and then you'll get somebody innovative that comes along. You know, Adele or or or, uh, or uh, Ed Sheeran or Chris Stapleton. You know. But um, yeah, there's a lot of it that's that's, that's my trifecta. Just so you know, that's my trifecta. This conversation, those are the three I always mention. That like these guys are still doing music. You know, they're yeah. doing music. They're not producing something that some engineers putting together with some musicians or whatever. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's it's somewhat homogenized, derivative of one another. You know, uh, I think contemporary radio looks for a particular um, sound. Uh, it's generally keyboard oriented, um, beats oriented. You know, hip hop yeah. and R&B has been so prominent for so many years that I just think it, it's kind of morphed into this uh, pop style these days. Um, and listen, if, if it moves young people, you know, more power to them. My my father was a big band musician, and and you know he played with people like Gene Krupa and and, and you know like some, oh, wow. some pretty. Yeah, some pretty great musicians. And it was a great uh, music genre of the era. But when I was growing up, it had nothing to do with what I was listening to. You know, I mean, you know, I, I grew up in the rock and roll era and the Beatles and, and the Stones. And, you know, it had nothing to do with me. Years later, I came to appreciate what my father did. When, uh, when you listen to today's music, do you find yourself saying the very thing that your parents said to us when we started listening to rock and roll? 
How do you listen to that? Well, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I try not to do that, um, even though I, you know, we all catch ourselves doing that. Yeah. But I, I try to be more open-minded than I used to be because, um, again, that's the beauty of music is that it's so subjective. You know, right. there's you know, what moves one person uh, will not necessarily move someone else. And that's perfectly okay. You know, what, what, yeah. what people love, what moves them. The, the only thing that matters is, are you affected by it? And you know? thank you for that. That just set this up so well, because I was so affected by this. And we're going to hear your second song. Because this kind of like a ballad, a really well-written and well-produced ballad transcends all of that. And so, ladies and gentlemen, to our audience, this is Jim Lockwood and All the Time. There's something between us It happens in every lifetime But we're giving to others And we pass on a love So rare and so fine And though I try try Still I cannot hide And so I think about you And I guess I'll just keep on biding my time And though I can't be yours And you can't be mine I still think about you lady Yeah. 
time And though I try and try Still I cannot hide And so I think about you lady All the time, Jim Lockwood, our guest today on Music of America. And we're going to get back to Jim in just a minute and talk about one more of his songs. But first, I got to talk about this. And, and, you know, we've all done this. We've all done this. If you've ever played out, you know, you, you, you find that perfect tone you're looking for. And then the club owner comes over and says, well, you know, you're too loud. You're going to have to turn that down or. Or, or you have to change whatever you did. You spend all day trying to achieve that perfect tone, that that place, that that sweet spot where no matter what you do, you're there, right? Well, introducing the Lexi from Landry Amps. Bill Landry has built this incredible amplifier called the Lexi. It's a quality. It's a boutique amp. Has a hundred watts of vintage plexi circuit at its core. It's got a real cool rhythm crunch channel, a boosted lead channel, a digital reverb, two buffered effects loop, depth control, and an awesome voice switch. So every channel has its own gain. It has its own master control, but they all share the EQ. So this Landry app, has, it has more gain than a Plexi, everywhere from a whisper to concert level volumes. And it's designed to be played at those lower volumes. So you have this great concert hall sound, but you're playing at a low volume. So you get the tone that you're looking for and not chasing everybody out of the club and not having the manager yelling at you, you know? So, you know what I mean? It's like that heavy martial tone that, that used to require tons of volume just to get to that place, you know? Well, now you can get to that place with less volume without the tonal loss. So check it out, okay? Landry Amps, he's got a channel on YouTube, Landry Amps on YouTube, and you can check him out on his website as well, LandryAmps.com. Landry Amps, and check out the Lexi. You'll love it. Okay, we got one more segment here with our guest this week, or this week, today. <laughs> today, uh, Jim Lockwood from just outside of Nolens in Louisiana. And I say it that way because that's my adopted hometown. When I'm cooking, if I'm not grilling or smoking something on my smoker, I'm, um, and I can't do a roux. I have got to learn how to do a roux. But I will cook up some really, really good jambalaya. Uh, when the Saints are playing on Sundays, I'm almost always cooking some gumbo or jambalaya or something like that. I love it. Then watch my football. About well, that. you know, you're, you're only a riverboat riverboat ride from us, Tom. You yeah, know? or 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 I think my brother charted it out. It's I think a five and a half hour drive, maybe a seven and a half hour drive. Might be seven and yeah, a half. Hours. Yeah, but, well, th there's actually like, riverboat cruises that go from St. Louis to New Orleans and back to. St. I thought Louis. they stopped that. They still have that. Yeah, you know, oh like yeah, the, yeah. The Natchez used to go down that way. 
And uh, there was yeah, one yeah. of well, there's, there's a number of cruise lines that are doing that now. Oh, wow. Well, yeah. and, and that, that way you can, instead of having to do a five or seven day cruise out in the ocean, you can, mm -hmm. you can do, you know, a three day cruise where you're, you really, you know, there, there's ports all along the way. Uh, it's, it's less expensive. Well, I shouldn't say that because these days cruises are right, really expensive, uh, but, I but it's just a different, it's a different experience. The last time we were in Nolens. We, uh, well, there's just so many stories and there always are, but people are always talking about going to New Orleans and don't just stop it. Just stop it. Go. Okay. And go to, Pat, you go to, go to, go to Pat O'Brien's because you see right. Jim, right? We went, uh, we stayed out so late. Just, we just couldn't stop because the music is just so good down there. You know, we're going from this place to this place. And we weren't even on Bourbon Street. We were on all these side streets, you know, just going boom, boom, boom. After the other, we end up staying, uh, uh, I can't remember the hotel. It was a Wyndham Hotel or something. And we end up, I had to literally lean up against the wall. And say, I can't make another step. <laughs> yards, I was 50 yards from our hotel. I said, I am exhausted because we dance. We just yeah. parted up at night. I mean, it's, and that's New Orleans. you got to experience it that way. And then the next morning, get up and go sit on a, on a balcony and eat some gumbo. <laughs> you, you, you did it right. I, a, a real quick story about, about New Orleans musicians they're everywhere and it's not just in the clubs um i have a recording session coming up uh with a young lady named tanya Huang. she's you know uh, she's an asian lady mm -hmm. and i met her she was playing violin on the street in in, in new orleans uh, very close to you know on my walk to to work at pat o'brien's oh. and she's a brilliant brilliant violinist you know, I mean, there's videos of her doing Stairway to Heaven on, you know, violin. Wow. Uh, and I just met her walking to work. And and I was taken aback because she was so good. And I was like, well, I had to get her number. And I, <laughs> I, I have a, I have another ballad that I need. I need a, you know, violin tracks. Mm -hmm. And she's perfect for it. And, and we're, we're going into the studio hopefully next week. That's that's so something. That so what's the what's the name what's the name of the song so we can hear it in the future? We'll hear it sometime in the next year or two. What's... The song is called "Waiting for a Friend." Okay. And uh, and it was originally a uh, the um, the old uh, Stone song. No, no, that's "Waiting on a Friend." Oh, I, waiting I, on I, a friend. I realize the correlation of the two titles, but it's just slightly different. No, it was um it was originally the uh, title song of a movie. A movie soundtrack that that didn't get finished, that didn't get made, and um, uh, you know, it's basically about a, a single dad raising a, a young girl, and um, you know, there's no mother in the picture and that sort of thing, and they're just trying to make their way through life. That's waiting for a friend means waiting for something to happen, for someone to come into their lives and and make things different in a positive way. Well, I got to ask you. Uh where you are in pecking order you have brother brothers i have uh i have three brothers and i wonder why you asked me that that's well that, I, I have three brothers. Not, that's why i was I've wondering got, what your pecking order was i've got an older sister an older brother uh -huh. a younger brother a younger sister and my youngest brother and we all ask each other or say i have all said this same thing to each other at some point in time that i don't think you ever understood me uh, 
Uh, I, yeah. Well, my oldest brother, the, 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 um, the, there's three verses in the song, brother. And each verse is about a different brother. Oh, no, I'm Yeah, so the first verse is about my oldest brother. And we have nothing in common except that we, we, we both cheer for the Tennessee volunteers, you know, um, but, uh, yeah, go balls. Yeah. But, uh, 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 you know, we have nothing in common and it's, you know, it's been a difficult relationship. Um, and then I have two younger brothers and, um, and the, the second verse is about my next youngest, younger brother. And then the, the last one's about my youngest. And, um, you know, I, you know, brothers, they see each other, but we don't really talk to each other and say, you're important to me in my life. You know, you, you know, you know, you mean, you really mean a lot to me, you know? Um, and so I'm glad that this song came about and I was able to, I guess, communicate with my brothers in that way. Yeah. And, and I, and I, uh, kind of, Kind of got my sister upset with me because there's there's no verse in there oh. about my sister. <laughs> but but see now 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 I, I took it that you can trans this transcends a lot of my relationships with all my siblings. I'm the brother sometimes. Yeah, and yeah. sometimes it's my sister, and and I'm hearing messages, but it's sometimes it's my sister. It's not my brother, but yeah. it works for all of my siblings. You know. Yeah. Some of the stories, but I, like I said, I got to listen to it again now, and I'm going to put different faces on each brother now. Yeah, because... yeah. well, it went, at, at, and at the end of the song, it, you know, uh, I, I sing, uh, I need you brothers, and you need me. So, yeah. you know, it's like we need each other, you know. Um, you know when, when I heard that line, you know, I thought, I thought Jerry McGuire, you complete me. I thought oh, that line. Oh, I thought that line. Oh. Because, I mean, it's corny. It's corny. But yeah. Oh, oh, you need me because. You aren't Jim without them, and they aren't who they are without Jim. You know. Uh, well, that is true. You know, there's a dynamic in a family, and and yeah. uh, and and you know, when you're growing up together, everyone influences each other. So yeah, that's a, that's a good valid point. But that is a corny line, man. Come on, it really is. It's so corny. <laughs> but you know, enough. Let's let's listen to the song. Okay? okay, let's listen to the song, and then we come back, and we're gonna say goodbye. And oh my god, how does an hour go by so fast? You know? Yeah, really, I'm having a great time. <laughs> this is great. Okay, well, this is uh, again, this is Jim Lockwood, and this is a song called Brother.
listen to that song again <laughs> got to listen to it again now because i've got uh, three brothers and i've got to you know i gotta put each different brother's face on the different lyrics now that's so cool yeah. we're able to do that well, so well, jim, well, jim lockwood our guest and again i'm gonna ask you for the third to know i'm gonna do it this time destrahan oh very good How about got that destrahan louisiana about 20 outside knowns yeah 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 up river yeah um, a lot of plantations around where I live. Um, my wife and I had, had, had lunch at the Ormond Plantation today, which has a, a fantastic restaurant. Uh, you know, when you go up and down uh, upriver from the uh, from the city of New Orleans, um, there's a lot of plantations and all these little small towns on both sides of the river. And, um, you know, I, look, I know that in this day and age, you know, Plantations, yeah, was it that built by slaves and that sort of thing? And I respect that. Um, but there's just a a, a really historic beauty um, of, of these because they're they're maintained and they're um, beautiful settings. It's you know those type of things are unfortunate that in our history and in our past. But the there's there's southern beauty uh, in Louisiana. And a lot of tourists really appreciate, you know, these these historic landmarks, and and it, you know, it's part, it's part of our culture growing up here. First time I was ever in New Orleans by myself, I took a tour of a plantation. The woman there, she had such a thick accent. Now this over here, this is the region. this his regional rug that was down here. I'm like, oh, ma'am, you mean like it's from the south? She goes, no, sir, no, sir. It was here when the house was built. This is the regional banister, the original. But she was saying the original. I thought she was saying regional, like it's from the south. You know, uh, yeah. <laughs> it is. So that's pretty cool. So um, where is Pat O'Brien's in reference to? Like everybody goes to Bourbon Street. Yeah, and and everybody goes to get uh, uh, the, the donuts down at the square. Oh uh, yeah, beignets. Yeah, Beignets Cafe Olay. That's, uh, that's right, Cafe Right. So where are you in reference to some of the landmarks? Well, um, Pat Lyons is a landmark, so. Oh, yeah, it's a landmark, and it's it's right in the heart of, uh, you know, the, the French Quarter, 600 block of Bourbon Street. Mm -hmm. 
but it's it's a pretty big location and it uh it's sort of a corner restaurant bar uh so you know you can they've got several different entrances but um it's you know the original dueling piano bar in america uh, i didn't know that no kidding well you know for 100 years it's been open for 100 years and it's and it's uh it's the origin of the dueling pianos um there's um a, a tradition um we have a, a waiter who comes up with a tray but he doesn't he was not holding drinks on the tray he puts change on the top of the tray and he assembles on his fingers and he beats out a rhythm with the thimbles under the tray while we're playing. Wow. His name is Alan Babineau, and he's been working there for 40 years playing that tray. His, his mother was, was a, a, one of the dueling piano players. And he's, it's the only job he's ever had in his life working at Pat O'Brien's. It's, they treat their employees very well. I'm I'm due a trip to New Orleans because I've been down there in three or four years. Right. <laughs> well, right you got to come see me, man. I'll, uh, I'll let you know when I'm headed down, but uh, there's four of us who are talking about coming down there sometime this year, so I'll let you know for sure. That'd be fantastic. You got to get a hurricane, man. No, no, no. I don't do those things. I'll, oh, you I'll, don't, I'll, I don't even do the bananas. I just want I want some crawfish. I want some gumbo. I want some good hot sauce. Not that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh. oh, and 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 I got to get a drink at Marie Laveau. Uh, sure. Yeah, I mean, have you been there? See, that's the problem. There's so many different places where people say they got to get a drink by the end of the night. They're they're smashed. Well, I used to play <laughs> the song. There's an old Bobby Beer song, and that's and right. Yeah, of course. We, we get we get requests from Marie Laveau. First trip down there, I said, I'm not leaving until I find this place. And I was surprised how small the place was. My bedroom's about the same size. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I, listen, the, you know, the, like the bars where uh, Louis Armstrong and, and Al Hurt, where they got their store, they're, they're small bars. They're, it's, they're not big. Located. You know, the French Quarter was built in the 1700s. These houses were, you know... Uh, it's it's just it's just smaller venues, you know, than I guess people would 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 think. You know, it's amazing. It's amazing how you can walk into a place that's going to have a twelve piece band, and you're not getting blown out the doors. You know, and then you can go to another town in we'll just say West Texas that that runs with Boston. You know, yeah, <laughs> and you can walk into a bar there. It's a three piece band. You walk out, and your ears are bleeding. You know, so. yeah. Yeah, well, I guess it depends on the style of the music, you know. Well, and that's why my heart, you know, my heart's drawn to. Okay, so um, where can we hear you? Where can we see you? We can see you at Pat O'Brien's. Yes. And we can hear you on Spotify, YouTube, or tell me. Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple Music, uh, YouTube. The Diane video is is playing regularly on YouTube. Uh, Also, there's a reel that's called The Story of Diane which it's sort of a, and it tells the story that you and I spoke about and kind of sets up the, sets up the song. So that, that is also available on YouTube. And what do you got coming up? You got, uh, I've got a new single coming out May 26th. Uh, it's called 100 words or less. Uh, it's a rock and tune. Um, uh, I have another single coming out a few months after that. That's called live in the now. Um, 
And then there will be a, an additional single after that, uh, which will be the first single off of our Christmas record. Um, uh, the Christmas record is called Season of Giving, and it will and be your available. Wife, your wife is singing, right? Yeah, my, yeah, my wife, Lydia, uh, uh, sings the lead single called Lakin and Me. And uh, and and it's it's about our granddaughter, and uh, it's a very heartfelt song. And I tried my best to convey uh, not only my wife's feelings about Lakin, but but uh, her daughter's feelings, you know, that her, her mom about Lakin. And um, she's just such a joy that we're just you know watching little children grow up. You know, this oh, beautiful, such a adorable little girl, and uh, she's so full of life and and. Um, it's so much fun to be around, and uh, so I'm I'm really looking forward to, to to that single, and and I'm you know I'm very proud of my wife. She's she's very talented. Looking forward to hearing from it. Now this this show right now when people are listening to this right now, it's actually in September, and we actually recorded this back in almost late April. Yes, some of our information may sound a little dated. Your, your songs are already out. The Christmas album is now coming out. That's how we can put that's it. That's correct. Right? Yeah, that's correct. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Jim, thank you again. Our thanks to Jim Lockwood from Louisiana. Want you to join us tomorrow on the Music of America podcast. We're going to stay in the Cajun state. We're going to travel over to Raceland and meet with Louisiana Claw. So thank you for listening. And please remember to vote for your favorite interview by clicking on our website or go to our Facebook page, the Music of America podcast, Music of America Facebook. The artist with the highest listenership throughout the course of our broadcasts will be featured at the end of our season as our guests of our best of shows. It's that simple. Just go listen, click, smile, walk away, keep listening to music because music is just fabulous. I'm your host, Tom Pollard. Thank you again for listening to the Music of America podcast.